podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to another video and podcast from Fantasy Football Scout. Uh, as we look ahead to game week one of the 2023-24 season, we are looking at the pre-season matches and crucially those last two, uh, last either one or two matches um, of teams uh, pre-season campaign to see uh, which gives us a bit more of a clue of how they might set up in game week one. Uh, my name is Joe and joining me uh, to discuss these pre-season matches uh, is Mark, Mark Joblin. Uh, fantasy football scouts writer how are you mark uh, yeah i'm not too bad thanks uh the days are getting closer aren't they to the mm. season um i don't know how to feel about it but um in general not too bad thank you yeah no it's uh getting closer it's been hectic lots of content coming out um on the site lots of articles and lots of videos um, and uh, podcasts as well. Um, for everyone uh, watching, do do remember to like. Uh, really helps us out. And press that like button and also to subscribe to uh, ensure you don't miss out on any of our future content. So let's get let's get stuck in. We're going to do this alphabetically. I'm going to do in a similar sort of way that I do the team news um, with the team badges. Although I don't yet have team badges for the promoted side. So uh, I'll get the team badge boffins onto that in time for team news. So we'll look at pre-season matches. We do it alphabetically. Uh, we've got Arsenal and Villa first. So let's start with Arsenal. Um, they had a couple of matches. Um, uh, August 2nd, uh, they played uh, Monaco. Uh, it was a draw and Aketia scored, Martinelli assisted. And of course, in the in the Community Shield, um, Arsenal and Man City was uh, one all and they won on penalties. Trossard scored, Saka assisted there. So um, yeah, what, what are the main takeaways of, of those those games, if we can get any for game week one? Well, the major thing, the major news that happens, certainly with that Monaco game, is that that was when it was revealed that Gabriel Jesus uh, would be injured for the start of the season. So that was that then brought up the question, right? Well, who starts up front? Is it Inketia, five point five million? Yeah. Is it is it does Havertz go up front? Does Trossard um, play up front? And just when we thought maybe the Community Shields lineup gave us a clue with that with habits starting up front he missed a couple of chances and then trossard came on and equalized so i don't feel like we're much closer to, no. to knowing no so so trossard could play as a false nine habits played there he could play on the left side of midfield he could play on the left wing although that would supplant martinelli um still lots of choice lots of options aren't there so many yeah and even though some managers, FPL managers have decided that they still want to double up on Arsenal's attack. So it's like, right, which midfielder mm. um, do we get? We just we just don't know. And uh, if, unless Arteta gives any clues in his press conference, it's it's going to be risky to go for anybody but Martinelli or Odegaard or Saka, really. Okay. Um, Saka, for me, are still on penalties, so... Um... My choice. Uh, I think Martinelli just gets the the nod. I notice he played furthest forward uh, for the, for the majority of the match that he was on the pitch for. So that that appealed to me, especially um, Man City. You know, they're one thing, but not in Forest defence. That's that's another. <laughs> um, yeah, so, completely. Um, so Villa. Let's have a look at Villa. So lots of interest in Villa. Did really well last season into Europe again, uh, which is good to so return to Europe after a number of years uh, out of. Uh, um, 
the Europe-wide competition. Um, they played Lazio and beat them on August the 3rd and then played August the 5th. So uh, Lazio, uh, with that the, the Lazio match, uh, Watkins, uh, Tielemans assist, McGinn was a cash assist and there was no goal uh, with a Revan assist. And then August the 5th, uh, Aston Villa beat Valencia 2-1 um, and uh, Watkins and Buendia uh, with Coutinho getting the assist there. So Watkins has been doing well. Um, with Jesus out, lots of lots of interest in Watkins. He's certainly got the pre-season, hasn't he? Yeah, it's sort of very quickly. I think within sort of maybe 12 hours of each other, the, the, the Jesus and, and Kunku mm. injuries occurred. And so very quickly, Ollie Watkins went from being possibly overlooked uh, to being quite the obvious sort of answer for a lot of people. And that's four pre-season goals for him. Um, he has the form. He's got decent fixtures to start off with and seem to be rejuvenated under Emery. And at 8 million, he also gives the downgrade option. It's always easier to downgrade than to raise the cash to upgrade someone. So he has that sort of security. He's sort of tried and trusted. Well, not always trusted. Yeah. If it wasn't for that streak last season, mm. um, he probably still wouldn't be too much of a popular pick in general. But I think he's earned the trust back since Emery's arrived. So, so he's he's a, a leading forward mm. to go alongside okay. Haaland. Um, what about Diaby as well? Lots of interest in Diaby. Diaby. I've just done uh, the goals imminent video um, podcast with uh, Tom, and Diaby's in his team, not Watkins. Um, so yeah, Diaby's been 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 impressing, if if perhaps not assisting mm. or scoring. Yeah, and that's from a, a Villa fan himself, so that's interesting to see. I, I was until the um, until the injuries happened to Jesus and Nkunku, I was definitely warming up to sort of the Diaby instead of Mitoma and mm. Buemo option and Eze. He was um, having written the scout notes on the website for one of their friendlies it was clear that he was settling very well yeah it was possibly playing out up front out of position so he is a very very interesting option and because he's 1.5 million cheaper than Watkins if, if some managers are looking at trying to wedge Salah in there um so that could be a way to do it by saving one and a half million there. Okay, um, let's move on. We've got Bournemouth and Brentford. I've, I've lumped together because of their alphabetical um, nature there. Um, Mark, can I just get you to move into the centre of the screen slightly? So, um, yeah, a bit more, bit further, a little bit further. There we go. There we go. Um, so it saves me just having to, you know, make people feel ill by moving the camera around on the screen. There we go. That's it now. Don't have to move anything else. Um, yeah, let's go for Bournemouth first. Um, new manager. Um, could be a different side, um, but for those investing in Liverpool in game week two, they hope not. <laughs> they hope they're still rubbish. But um, Bournemouth, they nevertheless did stay up last season. Um, they uh, lost uh, 3-1 to Atlanta, uh, but Senesia, uh, Senesia scored. Senesi scored with uh, Solanke assisting and then uh, they won against Lorient on August the 5th. So it was July the 29th, the Atalanta game. And then back at the Vitality, August the 5th, uh, they, they scored a couple of goals more. Senesi assist there and um, Utara assisted Brooks. Um, lots of options, but a bit of an unknown at the moment, aren't they still? You're a bit of an unknown. Not only have they got 
life under Areola, but there's so many interesting five million midfield options if, if managers wanted to go there. Like we saw David Brooks, um, that was his third preseason goal of the summer. He's five million. Ryan Christie has been in form. And then as you say, there was a couple of assists um over the summer for Watara and also Justin Clivert as well. So they've got a, a lot of five million midfield options. We just don't know which one. No. And of course we don't know if anyone should be picked really because we just don't know how this side compares with Gary O'Neill's side. Okay. Um, Brentford had a couple of games um, against Lille uh, on August the 5th. Um, so you can tell me a little about why that was. But uh, they, they drew the first one, 0-0, uh, and it was 5-1. The next one was Sade, Norgards, uh, Olakibi, uh with two two goals from Olakibi and, and Sade again. So two goals from Sade, um, just reading out from the screen there. Um, yeah, so... Um, yeah, much better in the second the second game. What? Why were they having two games? I presume and and work sort of key assets like Rissa and um, Bomo um, and some of their defenders playing in that first game. Yeah, it was two. Well, by the looks of it, it's two totally different lineups. And the first one, the one that didn't win five one, um, was was the stronger. Okay. Um, ah, so that was the Bomo one. Uh, the Bomo was. The nil-nil. Oh, yeah. And he got taken off early, but it was precautionary. And okay. we have seen pictures of him back in training okay. today. So that that really does seem to be absolutely fine. And that first game also had the likes of Arissa, Flecken. Um, was Rico Henry in that one? Can't see him there, no. actually. But, okay. uh, yeah, the first one looked stronger, but the second one mm-hmm. won 5-1 thanks to Kevin Shader. Okay. and no guard and stuff so yeah that's... okay okay so yeah once again we're not so sure about that so their stronger team um nil nil and some of those other players that people aren't considering um against Lil. so yeah not much not i don't think even though it was like coming up to their last you know their last games pre-season games there's not much we can glean from that which is annoying however next couple of teams particularly with brighton we can glean a lot there's a lot of useful information um, for their last game uh, against Va- Valencia, you know, uh, and it was um, Pedro um, scored in a one-all, but he was crucially on the penalty. And so uh, he has come out saying that he wants to be the regular penalty taker uh, in the press above McAllister. Um, so whatever whatever the lineup, whoever's playing, if Pedro's on the pitch, because Gross was on the pitch at the same time, it does look like Pedro has penalties. And another interesting thing, a stupid and assist there. So that shows that the attacking uh, fullbacks, uh, the wingers, could be earning those penalties because they're Trixie, Trixie fellas, particularly Matoma. Um, so that does bode well for, for Pedro returns. Um, but was that, was that the sort of information that, that you gleaned from that match as well? Yeah, someone who's never really had Jao Pedro on the radar all summer, mm. I feel like that second penalty is sort of forcing him into the conversation. I don't know, is, is he in yes. your expertise here? Is he yeah, he is. I, I just revealed on the goals imminent video. Um, yes, um, and he's not, he hasn't gone, really. He's been there for quite a while. I actually had him in a 3-4-3 a few weeks ago with, because uh, that's how cool and hipster I am, uh, with um, Jesus. So I had Jesus upped up. So, But now I've moved to a 3-5-2 because I still want to get 
lot of Arsenal attacking coverage and Pedro, but Pedro fitted fitted into that system three four three or three five two. I, I liked him and yeah, looks good. And on penalties, five point five. That's that's a gift horse in my books. There's so many names. Is he playing? Is he playing as a central striker or is he playing just off like he, off he can play both? And that's what I quite like about him. So he can play in a support. He can support Welbeck or Ferguson, but he can also be supported by perhaps in CISO. Um And so there's 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 options there, and that's what I like about him. Um, record signing so far, <laughs> and yeah. so and he's got the number nine shirt which I know used to be had by Neil Mopay at Brighton. But nevertheless, Neil Mopay played a lot. <laughs> so but he, he didn't score a lot, but he did play a lot. And so at least Pedro will play a lot. That indicates maybe. And when you say so far, of course, it does sound like uh, Kudos yes. could be coming in for my axe. And that's another body. That's another attacking so he's, body. He's Lallana more an attacking midfielder. So he would compete with Pedro if Pedro was an attacking midfielder. But also he competes with Solly March on the and I think it's possible that there isn't really competition for March, um, mm. you know, top level Europe. So you imagine he's been brought in for perhaps to play on the right wing on those European games, maybe. Um, but also I can't imagine a I can't imagine he's been brought in saying, Do you mind being the backup to Solly March? As much as I love Solly March, I can't imagine that being an enticing move for an Ajax player. So mm. I, I think he's been brought in to start. Yeah, yeah, possibly. And Jao Pedro, I, I, I think the more I hear that you and others talk about him, the more tempted mm. it would be to get him in. It's just that it's just the risk that yeah, for game week one, possibly game week two, but by the third week, yeah, does the rotation happen yeah. because we really don't want transfers? To, to be honest, I'm not going to talk about him anymore because when I first got in, his ownership was five percent, and now it's like getting up to six or seven percent. No, about seven percent, and it's going to go up more. Um, so don't get him in. <laughs> I, I'd like I'm him good. to be my differential, please. Uh, let's move on to Burnley. Yeah. Uh, oh, one more thing. Oh, oh, yeah. Sorry, the error from Jason Steele, that's not going to be a problem. It's not going to cost No, him. no. I mean, I, I wouldn't imagine so. I think he's still the most trusted uh, goalkeeper there. But yeah, I mean, um, at Brighton have two, in, in some cases, three players per position, are good players as well, who could come in seamlessly. So if he decided to replace Steele, or if Steele was injured, for example, for Bruggen, who's come in as a young keeper, who I think has been brought in more for the long term and also for um, Europe, I think w- would easily come in. Yeah. So I mean, I, I I don't think that I don't think that. I mean, if if a keeper was replaced after one error in a friendly, uh, uh, well, there's no hope for anyone. <laughs> or oh, Nana would be gone as well well yeah exactly it would just be ridiculous and he is he is the trusted the you know his distribution and let's not forget he may have made that error there but he's also got racked up another assist he got an assist during pre-season that's two since he's you know cemented that number one shirt although i don't believe he has technically the number one shirt officially um so um yeah let's move on to burnley um they play man city so there's gonna be a lot of interest in man city attack particularly harland captain him um, but they didn't fare. He didn't fare so well in the last game uh, against uh, Mainz. Uh, three three nil. There they got beaten. There. I mean, is that has that been typical of their preseason? Yeah. Well, they they sort of had. They started off by beating a few lower league sides and then lost to Genk. But then they beat Benfica, which yeah. was probably the tougher opponent. And then 
a draw against Betis and, and the defeat there. So it's sort of it's been a mixed bag, really. I think from that match, the, the most recent one, we take away again that two four million defenders started as they seem to have all summer, really, at Bayer and Aldakil. Yeah. So that seems to be the route to take. But then that blank game week two might be a slight yeah. problem if, okay. if there was any plan to play one of them. It sounds like they might be signing Sander Burge from Sheffield United as well, which is mm. on the surface um, unexpected. Okay. Well, he was, um, he was, uh, I remember when we did the promoted video, um, he was one of those names on that um, that uh, that could be, has the potential to be an okay FPL asset. So uh, maybe, maybe. Um, and um, just, I just, I suddenly remembered, I just need to go back to that, uh, Brighton, just to, just to add in, just before we move on to Everton, uh, to, sorry, to Chelsea and Crystal Palace, um, that uh, Lewis Dunk and Solly March have been either completely or partially rested during much of the pre-season because of injuries. Um, but they were both back uh, and both started um, that that last match, which indicates they will carry on in game week one. So I do think if you've got Dunk or March, uh, or you want to punt on them, uh, I think you should be safe, uh, as safe as, as 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 we can be with the Brighton picks. Um, let's go move on to Chelsea, Crystal Palace. Um, lots of interest in Chelsea, but we had the news today that Nkunku is out until December. Um, now he was in one of my drafts, obviously no longer there. Um, I don't know what to make of Chelsea. He, he was the one I wanted. Chilwell and James are interest me. Um, I don't really know much about any of the others. Um, Jackson, I don't know about. I don't know how the midfield's going to gonna work. Um, lots of changes there. But their last game, uh, one all against Borussia Dortmund um, with uh, Burstow. I don't, see, I don't even know who... You're going to educate me here. I don't know who Burstow is. Um, uh, uh, with an Enzo assist. So, um, yeah. I mean, what can we make of that last match? Yeah, it's. I suppose the, the the general question about the Nkunku injury is: Does this make Nicholas Jackson a more or less appealing option? Because his minutes should be a little bit more secure, but the team as a whole is probably going to be worse with that. And yeah, there's the other thing to take away is that possibly four point five million midfielder Carney Chukwumaka, mm. I believe. I hope that's the pronunciation. Um, yeah. Just, that, I mean, I, I, all, I, all I see is the name Jumblewumba when I see that that name, <laughs> and and because because and so I'm not even going to attempt to pronounce it. But my 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 terrible reading skills completely turn them into an early '90s, late '80s agitprop band. So could he possibly be the leading cheap midfielder now? Mm. But if if there's, if there's a spare Chelsea slot, perhaps. But. Uh... Yeah, it's it's all up in the air with them now that Nkunku's injured, especially if it forces them in the transfer market again. Okay. Um, let's have a look at... Um, so, yeah, Chelsea. So, Jackson Jackson's going to start up front, you presume? Yeah, you'd think so. Um, even if these rumours about uh, Vlajevic coming in are true, he's not going to get thrown straight in the lineup. So, Jackson, it's his shirt to lose, really. Okay, Um Let's move on to um, Crystal Palace, uh, just the last game. So we've got lots of these pre-season videos. 
So you can look back at all of them, you know, as we've been going through the stages. But this is obviously the latest one. We're looking at the last matches. And that was Crystal Palace's, it was August the 5th, where they beat Leon uh, at Sales Park 2 0. Um, Jeffrey Schluck with an, uh, scored with an Eze assist. Edouard uh, with an Anderson assist. So Eze is the one people want. And how, how has he been doing pre season? Got a return here. Has that been quite typical? Yeah, two goals, five assists. He's been one of the, the league's most productive guys in preseason. Mm-hmm. So every time he chips in with with another one, it just strengthens. It sort of makes the, the argument for him louder. Mm-hmm. Uh, so he's he's interested. I think an overlooked option is possibly five point five million forward Edward. Ooh. Same price as Jar Pedro. Okay. Um, but he's got a few goals. Over the last, mm-hmm. over the final preseason game, so he looks to have cemented that spot over Mateta. Okay, now that Lewis is interesting, Ball. especially if you're going for Pedro and you're looking to sort of move away from him. And where can you go to? Edward could be the one. Could be, and uh, Lewis Hall seems to be arriving on loan from Chelsea. Ooh. Very highly regarded. Um, whether he starts at left back or, or becomes a midfielder for Palace, I guess we'll find out. Mm-hmm. Uh, they bought Mateus Franca. From Flamengo, but he already has a knock, so he's out. And the other thing is that um, I was looking at as a potential 4.5 midfielder was Ahamada. Mm-hmm. Um, for the first four or five games, he seemed to be Palace's yeah. most played player, but then those last couple of friendlies, he has sort of dropped to the bench, mm-hmm. so he might not be okay. the guy after all. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, he was actually, when I had my 3 4 3, he was actually the, that that 4.5 midfielder of choice there. So yeah, that handy tip there, because there might be some still still with that um, formation. And um, yeah, he's not a player you can rely on to get those points off the bench um, there. Um, let's move on to Everton and Fulham's final preseason games. So let's go with Everton first. Bit of interest there, because um, they've got kind opening fixtures. Um, they uh, they played Sporting um, and Calvert-Lewin. Penalty, Decore assists. So Decore, familiar familiar pre-season hero and a really good strong um for um sort of game week one early game weeks um player as well um so but calvin lewin penalty so if calvin lewin's fit he's got to be considered presumably but if is a big word yeah i think dice sean dice has already put doubt upon him starting game week one because he did start and he did score but went off at half time. So just as maybe the thoughts started to creep back again, do mm-hmm. we go the Calvert Lewin route? That that sort of quote from Deitch dampens it again because okay. he's that's oh, right. Um any anything else of note, uh, Everton? I know uh Brant uh, Branthwaite was four million option. Has he been getting many minutes? Did he play in this? Uh no, he his minutes haven't really arrived. Tarkovsky did go off oh, hurt. Okay. So uh, that could come something, but there's still sort of Godfrey and Keane in, in that yeah. centre-back position. So it's certainly not nailed that Branthwaite would play, uh, which is a shame because he'd be a really good option if he, mm. if he was. But unless Deitch comes out in his press conference and says, I'm going to start with him. Okay. Probably. Uh, moving on to Fulham. Um, now I'm, I'm a bit out of the loop with Fulham. Uh, Mitrovic wanted to go. Did he in fact go? Because I know Jimenez came in. So it seems like Jimenez has supplanted him. Is, is Mitrovic no longer there? Uh, Mitrovic is still there. Oh, right. 
He is, and he <laughs> must be friendly there. <laughs> yeah, and he came on in this match actually for Jimenez. So it's it's just a question of is he waiting for a move or is that all over now? Yeah, but he did come on for Jimenez in the 68th minute, and Andreas Pereira came on at the same time mm-hmm. and racked up an assist. Mm-hmm. Uh, and as you say, yeah, Jimenez, Jimenez scored. So yeah. he, he's another interesting 5.5. But as long as Mitrovic is there, you can't really take okay. that punt on Jimenez, really. Okay, so just to recap, Fulham, Fulham beat Hoffenheim 2-1. And it was Jimenez and Basie, uh, uh, or Bassi, maybe Shirley Bassi scored. Uh, and Andreas assist, uh, Robinson assisted Jimenez. So good to see Jimenez on the score sheet. He never really, since that head injury, never really cut it as an FPL option. Uh, at Wolves um, so I don't think he's going to get much interest he's got to prove himself I think to, to us managers and, and no matter what he does in pre-season I don't think it's going to do you need, need to see him in proper games um, let's move on to Liverpool Luton um, so still awaiting that Luton badge um, so I've written them in but Liverpool um, it's been goals 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 um, their opponents and them as well um, now they played last night so you can update me on that. But in August, uh, August the 2nd, uh, they were beaten 3-4 by, 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 by Bayern Munich. Uh, Gakpo, uh, Van Dijk and Diaz scored. Uh, Jota, uh, Salah and Robertson got assists there. They played last night against Darmstadt at uh, Preston's Deepdale Stadium. Um, lots of goals, I understand. Yes, this one was 3-1 win for Liverpool. And interestingly, they started with four of the five main oh, forwards. Okay. A lot of the time, it's sort of been having to pick, alongside Salah, having to pick two from the other four. It sounds like an impossible task, but three of the four started here. The only one that didn't was Darwin Nunez, mm-hmm. and he's sort of the one who's one of the most selected forwards in the game right now. Right. So I think... Um, Darwin, yes, he has racked up the goals in preseason. He's in some respects had a good one, but at the same time, Klopp has criticised, um, not so subtly, the forwards for how they're maybe not pressing. Some of them better than others at pressing the opponent's defence, and he hasn't started with Darwin for those last couple of friendlies. So it, so, it feels so like. So would that indicate that, that Jota and Gakpo have, have favoured? Well, it would seem to suggest that the game week one, he would he would go with that, uh, those two in Salah because that's what ended the season so well for them. Yeah, they'll really put Newcastle under pressure okay. for the for the Champions League spot there. Um, so would that and, be so? So would that be a Jota on the left, Gakpo through the centre, or Jota through the centre? And what about Diaz? Presumably, he would come in on the left. Well, last night it seemed to be that Gakpo was sort of in a number eight, sort of an oh, advanced okay. midfielder role, and, and Jota started centrally, okay. Diaz on the left. Mm-hmm. So uh, your guess is as good as okay. everyone's really. We, we don't know. But certainly certainly someone like Jota, he's interesting. For someone who really, really, really wants coverage of Liverpool's attack mm. but don't want the expensiveness of Salah, mm-hmm. Jota could be... An interesting route, but the thing is, even if you're confident he starts game week one against Chelsea, mm-hmm. you still have no idea whether he starts against Bournemouth. Mm-hmm. Who you after? And um, and what about um, Alexander Arnold in this sort of inverted role, or is he more fullback in this one? 
Um, I believe, I believe he was full back, but sort of doing the inverting. I think. Okay. But, uh, coming into um, coming into midfield in a defensive role. I, I'm not sure I like him in that role, <laughs> really, as a FPL asset. No, he's um, in terms of assists in pre-season, he got one fairly early on in their second friendly, but after that, he hasn't. Uh, scored or assisted and Liverpool are conceding quite a lot so mm. from all those aspects it would suggest not starting with okay. Trent but the season is is a different beast okay. isn't it um, uh, moving on to Luton because there's a few cheap assets there they of course missed game week two um, but nevertheless lots of lots of assets there um, so they played uh, Bochum uh, 3-1 victory there Adebayo uh, assisted and scored, um, and Doty, uh, another um, asset fullback there's been interest in. He got an assist as well. Um, so yeah, I mean, I remember looking at Luton earlier. It was still a bit unclear who was going to be their penalty taker, um, and whether um, Adabo was, uh, you know, a, a credible um, option to get up front. But yeah, so what's what's the situation sort of with the strikers and and penalties from from this last match? This was another game where they basically played each other twice. Okay. Luton and Bochum. So the first one was a two-one loss. The second one was a three-one win, and okay. it was it was different lineups really. So the first one did have uh, Morris start up front, who yeah. seems to be the the penalty taker we've okay. established over preseason. Oh, okay. Um, and he was up front with Ogbeni, and it was the second match where Adebayo. Mm played so does that create doubt over who starts alongside Morris perhaps you, you would um, imagine but Adebayo with his goal and assist has certainly done his prospects of a start um, quite quite good um, okay um, uh, that's interesting there um, two big guns next um, Man City and Manchester United so we've sort of covered Manchester City a little bit but we look at that charity shield um, community shield rather uh, match from the Man City perspective, it was Palmer that scored. He came on as a, a substitute and De Bruyne assist. Um, and I noted that Alvarez, that Foden was benched, Alvarez started behind Haaland. Um, and of course, John Stones had his, uh, a familiar role in defence as well. So lots of key assets starting, but Foden didn't. Um, yeah, I mean, what, what can we learn from this? Because, I mean, I'm presuming that Pep's not going to look at an Arsenal game the same as he's going to look at a Burnley game. Perhaps not. It's it's so difficult to guess Pep because he, he came out just before the weekend mm. saying that about Foden's versatility and how he can play five positions. He can play this, he can play this. And, and that makes you think, OK, he's going to get lots of minutes this season, maybe filling where Mares was. Um, but he didn't mention his favourite position for Foden, which was on the bench. <laughs> so, um, because, yeah, straight after he was benched at Wembley, De Bruyne's back with his first preseason minutes, and yeah, he did play. It. Um, as you say, De Bruyne got the assist, but Foden did play an important yeah. role in the goal. Mm -hmm. So just like the Arsenal assets, I feel like we're not much closer okay. with that debate. I don't know if we're much closer on the Foden debate either. No, no, there's enough doubt there. Um, although, as we mentioned on our on our goals imminent video just now, we're talking about super subs and more time. So um, mm -hmm. the, the referees are really cracking down on time wasting. So they're looking at 
Um, so they're adding those extra minutes on. So what we're seeing, as we're seeing in the World Cup as well, and already in, in other matches, we're seeing much more time added on. So if Foden came on in, say, the 60th minute, you're not getting 30 minutes or 35 minutes or 32 minutes. You're getting you know, perhaps 40, 45 minutes of Foden against increasingly tired legs, whereas he's coming to the game fresh. So if I had Foden, I was dead set on getting Foden, I'd be quite, I'd be okay with that because I think if he's not, if he's not starting, um, he could still, could still rack up a quite a sizable FPL points haul um, off the bench. Um, but yeah, that's something for, for, it depends on what type of manager you are, whether you go for that. Uh, Manchester United. Um, yeah, there was a couple of matches, August the 5th and August the 6th. The August the 6th one was a bit of a B team. I can tell that because Maguire got an assist. Uh, but August, August, that was 1-0 against Bilbao. Uh, August the 5th, Manchester United 3-1 against Lens. Now this is more like it. Rashford scored, Anthony assist. Garnacho assist for Anthony. Uh, Casemiro goal and Rashford assist. So lots, if this was an FPL match, that would be a match where you wish you'd captain Rashford by the looks of it um, and took a punt on Anthony. Um, what can we learn there? I mean, Rashford's going to play up front, you would imagine, for the time being until their new strikers sorted but is, is that where he's been playing in pre-season yeah well there, there was a spell where Jaden Sancho was being used as a sort of makeshift forward mm. but um in this match yeah it was it was Rashford up front with sort of Garnacho and Anthony on the sides and yeah I think well because Hoyland there's another new signing who's come in mm. but he's already hurt He's just a little knock, though, in this case. So we probably won't see him for a couple of weeks or so. So game week one at home to Wolves. Yeah, probably Rashford up front, centre forward. OK. Um, and Fernandez. So how's, how's the Fernandez mount midfield working out? Fernandez still still an option, still getting getting forward? Oh. Sorry, I think you've just... Uh, just bear with me a second, uh, Mark. Uh, no, your sound has just gone. Is it? Yeah, that? back again now. Back again oh. now. If you can repeat that again. Um, what about the Fernandez? Yeah, about Fernandez. So I was asking, Fernandez, I presume, still an option. Is he still going forward? How's it, how's it working out with him and Mount in the midfield? We, well, we saw a few games ago against Arsenal that Fernandez is likely on penalties. So that that's, first of all, a good... A string to string to have on your bow, um. Yeah, and he, he wasn't involved in any other goals directly in the last few friendlies, so that might put people off him slightly. But he and Mount seem to be combining okay. There was one match, I think, against Real Madrid where they experimented with Fernandez on the right. That wasn't good, really. So when the season begins, now that Anthony's back. Uh, yeah, you'd expect those two to both advance, advance centrally, and okay. yeah, they seem like good options. And then at the back, uh, you've probably seen it virally, but Onana got lobbed from distance, mm -hmm. which is uh, a great way to start. Mm. But that was—I mean, I've, I've heard good things about him so far. He seems to have been marshalling the defence, having a mm -hmm. pop at Maguire, that kind of thing, Just doing all the right things, apart from being being uh, embarrassingly lobbed from distance. Yeah, it's one of those where if you want all of his strengths on the ball and the things, if you have a good ball player like Onana, Onana then your defensive line can 
push up and things like that. But the one downside to that is that, yeah, you might occasionally be prone to a lob. Okay. Rightio. Um, let's move on to your side, Newcastle and Nottingham Forest. Um, Newcastle. So um, it was all about Anderson um, a few games ago in pre-season, doing well there. Um, but Al- Almiron um, did pretty well. And uh, of course, Barnes has done well. So they beat Florentina 2-0. Uh, Almiron uh, scored Isaac assist. Isaac then scored Trippier assist. His familiar names. Newcastle then beat Villarreal on August sixth, four nil. Uh, Murphy Barnes um, scored a couple. Uh, Joe Ellington scored. Wilson assisted him. Wilson assisted Barnes as well. Uh, and Murphy scored. I mean, there's, there's, a, there's a whole range. They've got. They're getting a lot. It seems like Newcastle are getting more goals from midfield this season than. Um, or, or they perhaps will do this season than they did last season, especially with Barnes coming in. Is, is this looking hopeful for those looking to perhaps get Barnes a bit later? Yeah, it's just a question of which one. There's, there's arguably too many that are producing because if Elliot Anderson's preseason form, it's, it, it almost forces him into the lineup on the opening day, but mm. that's that probably reduces Barnes's chance of starting as well. So uh, there's a lot of a lot of midfielders are, are delivering and good luck to Eddie Howe on settling on just a few against Villa. But it's a nice problem to have, I suppose. Mm. I mean, it's um, a chance. I mean, I mean, you would imagine Barnes would play. Um, the, the fans would want that. And you, I mean, on this, this reckoning, he's still, still got it. <laughs> um, so would it be more of a case of Anderson coming on for him or, or could, could he seriously be replaced by Anderson? It's definitely an option, and there's he's sort of. I think things were expected of Anderson last season, but he didn't really get a chance. He didn't get as many minutes as as people would have liked, really, because uh, things were going so well for Newcastle that okay. Howe didn't really want to change what right. was working. Okay. So uh, maybe this is his response, just by having an incredible preseason, making it impossible to drop him. Um, there's also Anthony Gordon as well, who. Mm. I think big things were expected of him this season because he was disappointing after arriving in January, but he's, he's admitted himself that he um, he just sort of wasn't ready like to be thrown into it the way how does things. Uh, but he's had a he's had time to think about it. He's had time off to play with the tournament for England under twenty ones, and he's looked really quite promising. Where, where, where does he, he usually play on the right or the left, or can he play both? He's he's also been playing on the left, really. But okay. I think if Newcastle aren't going to buy a right winger this mm. summer, which we thought was going to be one of the priorities, then maybe maybe there's a chance that Gordon, the versatile Gordon, could maybe play from the right sometimes. Mm. If we have a crisis up front, he could maybe fill in as a forward. Okay. He could be all sorts of things. Okay. Rightio. Um, and uh, Wilson, uh, Isaac, I mean, still no clearer there. Um, they're both vying for that number number nine spot, I presume. Uh, Isaac, we won't be seeing on the left. I mean, all the players you just mentioned, I can't believe it. Isaac will even get a look in on the left. You've got everyone else wanting to play there. So Isaac or Wilson, who's going to start? <laughs> yeah, I'd probably say Isaac oh. um, gets, gets, probably has the edge over Wilson, okay. but it's it's still probably quite a close decision as the weeks go on. And once the, once Europe kicks in uh, and 
what makes it slightly easier is the Newcastle's fixtures are so tough mm. that you that you can afford to just sit back and wait okay. and see what happens. The transfer window closes. Um, you get to see what how's team setup is like and, and make a judgment from there. Okay. Um, looking at Nottingham Forest, this is good if you're backing Arsenal, who they play first picture. They got defeated five nil against Wren. Um, and uh, against Frankfurt, they failed to score. It was nil nil there on August the fifth. So their last two matches there. Um, I, I, I was talking about them a bit with uh, Tom just now on, on the video. He he was um, he he described them as sort of a mess at the moment. They're not sure who was coming in. The the team's not really gelling. Um, so yeah, I mean, is this the picture we're getting? It's just a bit of a chaotic preseason for them in terms of solid preparation yeah they seem like from the outside one of several teams who are really trying their hardest to be in a mess the the, the positive trying their hardest that, to be in a mess they're succeeding <laughs> trying so hard to um i'm sure we'll come on to the, the other two very shortly but uh the good news about the nil nil with frankfurt is that it ended a run of three defeats but the oh, bad okay. news is they're goalless in four friendlies mm. now um, it just doesn't look good for them. It could be interesting if if they do sign the four million goalkeeper Matt Turner. Mm-hmm. We might actually have a proper four million starting goalkeeper. Okay, but then there's always a chance that they buy Dean Henderson as well, which some reports mm. say that they're determined to do still. So yeah, um, we can't even unless it happens very very quickly. Mm. We can't even put mm. Turner in. Now, I mean, I saw, uh, I heard uh, Henderson being interviewed on the radio um, towards the end of last season. And, you know, he was very, um, even though he was on loan, he seemed very much a Forest player. And I, I know that other people around the Forest camp had noted, you know, he was, he was often there and he was there supporting the team even when he was injured, not playing, um, even though he was on loan there. He was felt like a Forest player. So I, I guess that's rubbing off and that's why they want him back, really. They feel like he is definitely there their player um but yeah interesting especially interesting the number of goalless games the rather number of times they failed to score i should say um so that does bode well for an arsenal clean sheet um in that fixture um um uh, last couple of rounds to go we've got spurs and sheffield united and then west ham Wolves. we'll look at so spurs interesting um because at the time of recording i don't know whether harry kane's going to stay or be by munich but he scored four goals, including a penalty um, uh, uh, as they beat Shakhtar Donetsk at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium on August the 6th. Um, and uh, it's the 8th uh, of August now we're recording this. This is actually going to go out on the 9th. So tonight they play Barcelona. So we can only um, so you'll have more information. The viewers will have slightly more information than we have at this stage because uh, we're recording this uh, just before the Barcelona match. But just going back to that Donetsk game. Um, yeah, Madison assisted. Kuliszewski assisted. Madison assisted twice. Kuliszewski assisted twice. Um, four goals for Kane. I mean, they're, they're an attacking unit again now. Um, but it's just tough to get Kane into your side. But does does elevate the likes of Madison and Kuliszewski, but no Richarlison yet. does, yeah. And... Yeah, the the Kane status seems to affect everything. So the reports today are sort of saying that he's leaning towards staying at Spurs, which okay. seems unlikely like this time last week. 
and that would of course sort of destroy Richarlison as an option. But yeah, yeah like Madison, seven point five million, a couple of assists there. He's taken over the set pieces a bit, Ooh, okay. um, so that, that that can only be good. Um, you got Saar in midfield. He could, he's four point five million, and he seems to be quite liked by Buster Choglu. Mm-hmm. So there's definitely some attacking Spurs options and. Of course, there's all also Sun Hyung Min. If if he can, he's had a huge price drop, and if he can get back to how we know he is, did he did he play get... against? Did he play against Ness in this game? He did, yeah. But no returns. Again, um, no returns. To be a shame, he has spoken over the summer about how he was playing in pain okay. for quite a lot of last season, and that it seems to be better now. And he had this determination to show the world what the real sun is about, but uh, until it actually results in goals and assists, that doesn't mean anything to us, does it? Okay, um, Sheffield United next. This is good if you're a Crystal Palace fan. You've got Eze in your, t- in your FPL team. Uh, Sheffield United got beaten 3-0 by Stuttgart. Um, Sheffield United, I mean, uh, is, 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 this, is this common for pre-season? I mean, are they basically a championship side that's somehow in the Premier League? Yeah, they're another team who the sales they've basically sold two of their star players over the past week. If Burge does go to Burnley, mm-hmm. and not really making much of an attempt to to add to the squad, so don't really know what's what's going on there. But they lost three 0 at home to Stuttgart there, and um, it's just been a pretty. It feels like a pretty grim summer for them. Yeah, I know there's a lot's up in the air, a lot of issues with their ownership. Um, so yeah, I guess that's hampering their 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 signing ability. But yeah, for a moment, I mean, I know Bulldog's in a few teams. He may or may not start, but I think that's the best you can do really with Sheffield United at the moment. And Dyer's gone, um, and their preseason looks pretty pretty poor from a FPL um, point of view. Um, let's move on to final two: West Ham and Wolves. Um, now I, I did have Bowen in my side, but I've sort of in my FPL preseason draft, but but sort of moved him on because there's just sort of better players with better fixtures. But he he had done well. But the last match um, was bad for West Ham, August the fifth against Bayer Leverkusen, uh, got beaten four nil. Um, sort of, who, I mean, were, were they unlucky there? I mean, who any any players stood out? Was Bowen any good? Who's playing in attack? I mean, what what can we learn from this fixture? It didn't sound too good. I think when when the t-she- when the team sheets came out, one of the more interesting things was that the 4.5 million striker Mubama was given the start, and because the rest of the lineup was strong, like it had Bowen and Pakita and Zuma and all that lot. You're thinking, okay, that maybe maybe he does start the season as mm. as Moyes' preferred striker, but but they did lose four nil to Leverkusen. Sounds like it could have been more. Mm. And well, the last two clubs are going to cover here, but it sounds like both managers are in a mm. precarious situation. And okay. if uh, if there is un- unrest at West Ham and if, if Moyes does depart, then that kind of undoes anything we might have yeah. tried to guess about Obama because the next person will have okay. their own idea. I think the rumours that they're in for bringing off of uh, Scott McTominay. Manchester United and, and Maguire, but I'm not quite sure whether whether that's going to really elevate them that much. But nevertheless, um, um, yeah, I, I hope I hope their their assets emerge 
uh, because it's, it's Bowen's a particularly good player to own in FPL. Um, but um, I'm not sure we can get anything from the last few games of, of West Ham. So I, think, I think the sort of uh, excitement I had for Bowen against Fleetwood or whoever else they played, uh, I think it was last time we spoke about pre-season, probably been t- tempered a bit by the fact that against sort of proper teams, <laughs> they've been quite quite badly hammered. Um uh, for Wolves, final team, uh, Wolves, once again, you mentioned their manager um, is, doesn't seem happy. They're not really getting the recruits in. Um, they drew nil-nil with Luton Town August the 2nd, August the 5th. Uh, they did win against uh, Stav Wren at uh, 3-1 at Molyneux. Uh, but uh, Nori um, and Sariba assist. Gomez, Nunes assist, Hoang, and then Nunes assisted again. Um, we, Wolves aren't really on anyone's radar at the moment. So, but I mean, was that was there anything we can glean from this? Um, FPL wise, probably not a lot. As you say, that their ownership mm-hmm. of all of their players is very, very low. Okay. Um, we just don't know what what's okay. going to happen there. For example, you know. <laughs> Maybe Did you hear that car horn go? So maybe angry Wolves fan probably. Part of that might be people got burned from Pedro Neto last year, yeah. so maybe Wolves have been tarred mm. with that brush. But at the same time, yeah, that, even though that was an impressive win over Ren, sort of Lopetegui's future seems to be in doubt. They're saying that they've spoken to Gary O'Neill about taking over, and sort of look at. They go to Manchester United mm. on the first day of the season. That doesn't look great. The mood seems to be down generally. Players aren't really coming in. Yeah, they seem to be a team to probably avoid. Okay. Okay, right. Yeah, well, that sort of wraps up on a really dour note there. <laughs> Wolves. Uh, but um, there, there's a lot of interesting things to glean, I think, particularly for the Brighton penalty situation. Um, Arsenal, it'd be unclear, but it's, it's clear that they've, you know, whichever attacker you go for, they might get some significant minutes on the pitch and do some damage against Nottingham Forest, who, as pre-season has shown, is not a good side. Um, Liverpool still up in the air. Salah getting lots of lots of points. He's going to turn some heads this week. His ownership's going to going to go up. Um, but perhaps Jota might be turning my head uh, there as a cheaper option into that attack. Uh, certainly, lots of choice there. Uh, Mark, thanks so much for joining me. Uh, I think we learned. I think we learned a little bit more. Um, uh, from these final matches, really, um, uh, about about how we're going to set up our Game Week 1 squad. So good luck with your setting up your Game Week 1 squad and good luck all those listening and watching. Uh, for now, see you soon. Thank you. Bye.